Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Dr. Leanne Davey. Leanne is co-founder of Three Co's. That's C-O-Z-E, folks. A leadership advisory that's helped companies like Amazon, TD Bank, Walmart, UNICEF, 3M, and Sony. She's a regular contributor to Harvard Business Review and is the New York Times bestselling author of three books, including The Good Fight, Use Productive Conflict to Get Your Team and Your Organization Back on Track, and You First, Inspire Your Team to Grow Up, Get Along, and Get Stuff Done. Leanne, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I'm so glad to be here. I feel like we all need to do a little bit more of that right now. I, I definitely think getting along and getting stuff done, man, let's do it. Exactly. And I'm trying as much as I don't like it to grow up as well. <laughs> well, I'm the fifth child in this family of four oh. boys. So <laughs> there we go. My <laughs> wife reminds me. So you spend a lot of time talking about how to bring a little more intentionality to work and specifically how to free ourselves of some of the toxicity that's in the workplace, what do you wish more people knew? Yeah, I wish that people knew that toxic workplaces come in a variety of different shapes and forms, just like toxins in all other ways. So there are certainly places that are toxic, kind of like sarin gas, like you only need a tiny dose in it. It's so discriminatory places, places that are abusive, those sorts of things. But there are also toxic workplaces that are a little bit more like lead in the pipes, Mm. where, you know, like you don't immediately keel over and you might even not realize that, you know, the place is sickening you and the culture or just the, the ways of being or the way your coworkers are treating you is slowly building up and, and wearing you down. The other thing is that sometimes it's not an objectively toxic workplace, but it's toxic to you. I think about there are a couple of perfumes that I quite like. I love the smell of them. I am so allergic to them. And somebody else will say like, oh, that she smells lovely. And I'm like, shoot. So sometimes things are, are not necessarily objectively toxic, but they're just not a fit for you. So I want people, I wish that they knew to think about toxic workplaces a little bit more broadly. I guess when I first think about that topic, my mind immediately goes to a boss, right? Yeah. And the image we have of a toxic boss screaming, sabotaging, we've had them, we hope to not, but it's sort of a fact and force in life. So it's not just that, right? You make the case yeah. that it's more than just the boss in terms yeah. of the behavior. Yeah, I think so. So I break it down into five different sources of toxicity in your work environment. One, toxic policies and processes. And that's where, you know, when when the shifts are such that, you know, you can't make it work, you have to drive in ridiculous traffic at terrible times when there's discrimination in the policies, but, you know, all these sorts of things. So it might be that the policies and processes the, the pay is just not giving you a living wage. So it could be those things. Second, it could be the culture. What are the norms? What are the values? There's just some in the air in this place that, you know, as a, as a newbie, no outsider can ever be treated as, you know, someone whose opinion matters. That can be a toxic culture. Yes, mm -hmm. toxic bosses. Toxic coworkers, for sure. 
either because they're malicious and nasty or because they're hopeless and antiquated. <laughs> and, but the, the last one is one that I, I was, my friend Mike Ganino, who wrote, literally wrote Organizational Culture for Dummies, very smart guy, knows a lot about it. Um, he put me onto this idea that sometimes it's actually our customers that are toxic. You know, we may work with great people, but, you know, think about everyone in the service industry right now, putting up with impatient people with ridiculous expectations, um, you know, yelling at them, the Karens of the world. So policies, cultures, bosses, coworkers, customers, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes that um, toxic workplaces come in these days. So let's start with the boss. So the workload is 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 unrealistic. Um, the practices and procedures and policies are not working. So what can we do to try to create a little more of a healthy environment for ourselves in that kind of a climate? Yeah. So the first thing when you've got a toxic boss is I would sort of look inward and first find somebody you trust to say, am I interpreting this wrong? Like, I feel like this boss is riding me all the time you know, I have it harder. There's a double standard. Does it seem like that to you? Or the boss said this and I, I really got my back up. Am I just overreacting? So it's nice to, when it's a boss you're reacting to find somebody you trust to get a little bit of objective, either validation or like, Whoa, Leanne, come on, <laughs> take a breath. That's important. Starting there. Um, then there are wonderful opportunities with various forms of toxic bosses to kind of get with your teammates and band together and make it a little easier. So some bosses are terrible at accountability. They give everybody the same job or they, you know, that sort of thing. And if you just walk out of a team meeting, huddle up with your teammates, like, okay, like, can we just agree who's going to do what here? So we don't all, you know, duplicate the effort. So teammates is another great source. If you've got uh, some kind of toxic boss, also strengthening your ties into other parts of the organization. If you've had an old boss that you can get some mentoring or coaching from about the situation, if you can volunteer for a cross-functional project so other people are seeing you and you're being exposed. So, and then finally, of course, that last ring is that your friends, your family, your you know favorite Peloton class, you need to make sure you're tapping into those sources of, of resilience because you're gonna need it with a toxic boss. So just think about it as like concentric circles of me first, what's the story I'm telling myself? How do I not let them erode my self-esteem or things like that? My coworkers, my broader company network, and then you know all the people that I can count on for support. It's fantastic. And it really puts the onus on us to be a little more proactive and a little more reflective about what we can do to help solve that situation for us. But what happens yeah. when, when it's the coworkers that mm. the people that we're with, we just, we can't easily shed them and we can't go to our coworkers and tell them how terrible they are. In toxic. <laughs> so I don't think that would work very well. That doesn't work. I haven't so tried well. it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. don't try this people. But what, what do you do then? Yeah. So I think the first thing you want to do is to take ownership and first of all, you can use that whole technique I said with the boss of just finding someone you trust to, again, get a bit of a pulse check on whether you're just being rubbed the wrong way by somebody and it's, it's not really objectively toxic or whether there's actually something going on. So always just good to question, what's the story I'm telling myself and is it true? Mm -hmm. What are the other possibilities? So start mm -hmm. there, but then giving feedback. 
letting people know, you know, when you turned off your camera in the middle of my presentation this morning, you know, I interpreted that as you not being interested. It threw me off my game. I, you know, what, what was going on, right? To actually just share what you see as objectively as you can. So you don't make them defensive. If you tell somebody they turned off their camera, they're probably going to just say, yeah, I did. But then letting them in on here's what's going on. It, it's very interesting. One of the best trust hacks we have is to be vulnerable around someone. And most people are like, what? You want me to be vulnerable around that very person? Who? <laughs> yeah, because it's amazing how um, our willingness to be vulnerable signals to the other person that we trust them. And people tend to take our trust, unless they're psychopaths, which there are some, um, but they tend to take that trust and reciprocate it. So yeah. give them some feedback. Obviously, um, finding other opportunities. I, I never want to go to a boss and complain about a coworker. But what you can do is you can go to your manager and say, this is the behavior of theirs I've experienced. This is how it's impacting me. This is what I've tried. This is what I said. And then in the first round saying, what advice would you give me? How could you coach me? keeping the accountability, not handing mm -hmm. it over to, could you fix that? Could you fire yes. them? Instead, keeping the accountability. Mm -hmm. And if you need to go back a second time, then you have the opportunity to say, I did, as you said, here's how it landed. Do you have other advice? Is this a situation where you think it would be better for you to get involved? So you can engage your manager on this. Just don't go whining. There's nothing worse than going whining. You can be vulnerable with the boss, but vulnerability plus accountability is always the right formula. It's a great tactic. But what happens when the, the toxin is not coming from within our organization, but outside it? I mean, you'd mentioned at the outset, toxic customers, toxic clients. Yeah. So what does that mean? Just move on? <laughs> yeah. So I, I wrote a post recently about what are our options. And I think when we get in a toxic situation, our default is to just quit, right? Resignation yeah. letter. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of other options. And if you take the toxic customer, toxic client, that could be an internal client. Say I'm the IT business partner for one business unit. And that leader of that business unit is a piece of work. I might go to my manager and say, you know, is there a time off for good behavior option here? <laughs> Could I change my client group for a while? That sort of thing. Um, if it's your external customers, you know, your whatever the example is, could I work back of house for a little while? I just need a break. Can I work in yeah. the, can I work in the mailroom? Can I swab the floors? Right. I need a bit of a break from this. Um, those sorts of things. So you don't necessarily have to, uh, you only want to quit your organization if it's the policies or the culture that's the problem. If it's just, you know, either your boss or your coworkers, you can maybe stay in your organization and just quit your team. Can I go mm -hmm. work in a different team? Can I find a different spot? Like if you work in a bank, can I go work in a different branch? Um, and then if it's your organization's okay, the culture, the policies and your team is fine, but your, your clients are toxic, you might be able to just quit your role and uh, stay in your team, but, or even just get a break from it, <laughs> like respite, <laughs> just have a break from this for a little bit. So lots of options. And yeah. I think when we're in that moment, we feel desperate and we, we feel like we just have to quit it all. But some of us don't have the option to quit. It's the only game in town or we, we are worried we're not going to be able to get another role and we can't go without paying the mortgage for a month. So some of these other options may be good. But I think just recognizing 
and, and having all of us recognize that sometimes we've come a long way from the customer is always right mode. Yeah. And, and I think these days, sometimes customers can be toxic and, yeah. and that's not okay. What if we're the toxic person? How, how do, how, <laughs> not not that any of us ever are right but but how how do we self-check and become more aware of perhaps the toxicity that we are projecting to others i just wrote i just wrote a post called help i'm self-employed by a toxic boss because like some days i think i'm toxic to myself oh like, goodness i i'm so much more critical of myself than that so yeah i i had fun with that thought experiment of like uh oh what happens when your toxic boss is you yeah. um but yes it, it can be that we're we're the jerk not everybody else. Um, and it takes some real soul searching to realize that this is possible. Um, you know, I think finding ways to listen to what other people are saying and come up with like a couple of alternatives for what might be behind their behavior, right? Um, if I immediately jump to the conclusion that they're a slacker, without saying, okay, yeah, I'm not even giving them a chance or giving them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe if I ask them about what other priorities are on their plate, I could be less of a jerk, less accusatory. So really taking ownership. The other thing that we get wrong all the time is we sit thinking about what we meant. This is a true story. I was in um, Silicon Valley uh, doing an offsite of you know, computer executives, high-tech execs, and we're on a coffee break. And most people are out of the room, but there's a couple of tech bros, you know, milling around. And then the female head of HR. And one tech bro says to the other tech bro, something tech bro-y, something about the product or whatever. And the head of HR says, like, asks a question, a really a good question about the business. <laughs> tech bro number one just looks and goes, oh, like you wouldn't understand. And thankfully, tech bro number two, kind of his jaw drops. He's like, did you really, do, like it's 2020, did you really just do that? And uh, and he goes, what? Well, I wasn't meaning to be, like, I didn't mean to be mean. Uh, like, I wasn't trying to be mean. I think that's what he said. He said, I wasn't trying to be mean. I said, well, you succeeded. Mm. So I think that's a big thing to, we, we worry about, well, I wasn't trying to be mean. We think about our intent. Yeah. And what you want to do to do that, am I the jerk check is to say not whether you were trying to be mean or not, but were you succeeding? So just ask yourself that sometimes. Yeah, it's it's great advice. And it really does um, put the focus back on intentions, also actions, and, and taking the time to reach out to others who might be able to give you perspective, give you that dose of reality, and, and ultimately help us reconcile our reality with our perceptions. Exactly. Because it doesn't really matter what you meant. Some people will give you the benefit of the doubt, but if you just, if you just made this person feel irrelevant, you've made them feel diminished, you've made them feel whatever else, they don't care if that's not what you intended. Uh, what they care is how it landed and how you showed up. So uh, it, it's a good question to ask, what if I'm, what if I'm the toxic one? Leanne Davey, thank you so much. Great wishes today. Where can we find you if we want to learn more? 
Yeah. So if you want to chat with me, I always talk about LinkedIn as like my living room. Come sit with me on the LinkedIn couch. I'm trying to create the, you know, the most juicy, interesting conversations about work uh, that I possibly can over there. And then my website, leannedavy.com. And there's about, there's now uh, a resource library of about 500 articles. I think there's up to now 11 different toxic bosses from the flip-flopper to the insecure to the yeller. So there's all that good stuff. So either um, please connect with me on LinkedIn or leandavy.com. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.